Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This episode of the Chicken Nick Show is brought to you by Eat to Evolve, a new sponsor for the show. If you need some nutritious meals that fit your busy schedule, try these out. They look delicious. We're going to be getting some food from Eat to Evolve very, very soon. We'll be doing a keto challenge starting January 4th of next year to try and start 2021 off on the right foot. They're open seven days a week in Omaha. If you're outside the Omaha area, you can order online nationwide at eattoevolve.us. The food is fresh, never frozen. You can do breakfast, grab-and-goes for lunch, entrees for lunch and dinner, snacks, cookies. They have rotating menu items to try new things eat to evolve.us to check them out open seven days a week in omaha and now the chicken nick show here's cormier to punt it away back deep for nebraska cam taylor Britt. cormier gets the snap fuck it it's loose the football's rolling toward the goal line it's at the five it's going to be landed on at the one yard line by the husker simon odie lands on the football nebraska's going to have first and goal to one after blocking a punt wow and the press is going to win a football game. Yes! So it's official. We've ruined Husker football broadcast. I don't think there's anything else that can be said about it. It's just the fact. I mean, I don't even know if I want to get just right into it, but obviously yesterday I landed a, a, a last second assignment calling a Kansas basketball game. And so I didn't get to watch. You got to call a Kansas basketball game. And Kansas could win a basketball game. And it's a, it's a <laughs> backdoor. It's a touchdown. I couldn't watch the game live, and for the first quarter of the game, I could listen to the game because, you know, 590's got a pretty big signal. You know what I'm saying, Doug? And so I, for one quarter, got to drive on the interstate and listen to touchdown. And huge call, Greg. Huge call. I've never, I've, I've never, I don't know if, it was a great quarter of Husker football, and I was excited. I was saying yes a lot with everything that was happening. But at the same time, I, I laughed harder by myself in a car to every single thing that happened between Greg Sharp and Matty D because of every sponsorship that got that got laid out was just just tickled me. Just completely tickled me. There are um, a lot of folks weighing in on the, uh, the Twitter machine that were – you know, suge- making suggestions. And they're like, what? <laughs> Who's sponsoring the block punt? Um, I believe Mitch Sherman had a had a suggestion. On, and your suggestion is? Suggest- your sponsorship suggestion is? And your question is? I believe, <laughs> I believe they were 
suggesting the block punt. I believe Mitch Sherman said block sixteen. Is that a restaurant? Yeah, block sixteen. That's, that's a good idea. I like what you're I like. What's happening? We had people sending us screenshots of the fact that they got alerts for their Big Mac sacks. <laughs> <laughs> the Big Mac sack happened uh, again yes. here during this this football game. Let's hear it. Snap back to Plummer. Huskers bring a little heat. Plummer stepping through, gets hit, and goes down. And there is a sack for the Huskers. That's your McDonald's Big Mac sack. Make sure to stop by participating McDonald's on Monday to get your buy one, get one free Big Mac sack. <laughs> I love Big Mac sack. First of all, is there anything that fits into the Nebraska stereotype of we're just going to get fatter off of our football team? Uh, <laughs> no, there's not. For every like, sack. Like, there's no, there's no, like, that's your Chick-fil-A low-fat salad sack. <laughs> or we'll do Jason Peter, the, his, his wife owns clean juice. And that's a clean juice, juice cleanse. First and ten for Nebraska. Stop by any area of clean juice and get some turmeric smoothies to reduce that inflammation. There's none of that. There's no turmeric smoothie sponsorship. It is just a Big Mac sack. Big Mac sack. Go get fat. Big Mac sack. Big Mac sack. Did you know? Did you know that there's the first quarter is sponsored? They have a sponsor for each quarter. First quarter is brought to you by Sarter Heyman's Jewelers. And I don't understand. I was intrigued. It, apparently, you stop in and your first purchase could be free. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. What? I'm intrigued. Jewelry for free? I didn't know what was going on. But the first quarter was sponsored. I was, I was I've heard the fourth, quarter, the fourth quarter was sponsored by Bud Light. This fourth quarter is brought to you by Bud Light. Nebraska about to lose the football game, so get hammered so you don't remember the football game. Yes! Yes! I did send out a uh, a tweet from the Chicken Nick account. You know people were lining up at the drive-thru. They're lining up today on Monday at the drive-thru for those Big Mac sacks. Like, they serve breakfast till 10.30. Or actually, all day breakfast now, but I think they start lunch at around 10.30. You know, 10.31, that place is going to be jam-packed Loaded. for Big Mac sacks. Big Mac sacks. Stop by any area McDonald's for a Big Mac sack. Big Mac sack. You know fans are going to take advantage of that. I mean, we got to... Didn't we get a picture of someone going through a McDonald's drive-thru and there was a promotion on the drive-thru picture of a Big Mac sack? So, I mean, <laughs> McDonald's. the logo on it? Yes. Oh, it's just so What do you think good. that looks like? People driving up. I had that tweet out about people going, <laughs> people go, <laughs> going up to the drive-thru. Oscar fans going up to the drive-thru with so much swagger. This is a... I laughed for 25 minutes straight at your tweet with the gif of Keenan Thompson rolling down the window. Oh, just so good. Just, Gotta take advantage. Just ready to ingest mass quantities. Like he was just ready to get fat with a Big Mac sack. Big Mac sack. <laughs> Big Mac sack. Oh, I love it. Sharp. I love it. Matt. Dropped a quick yes when the punt was blocked. Did you catch that? In the you you hear a quick. Let's see here. It's, it's not a it's not a let's full see, fledged. Yeah, it's a quick one. It's a quick one. Yeah, let's see. Here gets the snap. Yes. Block it. It's, <laughs> That's it. Yes. 
Yes. Yes. Yes. Here gets the snap. Husker yes. bucket. It's it's nothing though. It's nothing compared to his bigger yes, where Greg just let him have the time. Twenty-three-three, big red. Yes. What I love about it is there's like a one-second pause between when Greg stops talking and then Matt drops the yes. It's like Matt was whining. Twenty-three-three, big red. Yes. Absolutely. 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 So I want to get to this here because there were two things. Someone compared you to Matt Davison the other day. I'll get to that in a moment because I do have the audio uh, to get you here. But I saw this. This is from Dean on Twitter who sent this out. And I want to set this up here. Dean sends this out and it says... The tweet says, Nebraska's going to win the football game on a Big Mac sack. And he says, at Schick Nick Show has ruined us. He has obviously taken out the camera, taken out his phone, and he is filming, uh, shooting the the family room where he's watching. And he he pans over, and when you hear him yell, he's looking at what I can only, I, I guess it's either his father or his grandfather, an older gentleman who is obviously paying attention, but could be startled with the fact that this guy, Dean, is yelling at him at the end of the game. Listen. And Nebraska's going to win the football game. We're going to win the football game. Yeah, Nebraska's going to win the football game with a Big Mac sack. Scotch Frost. (laughs) That's just a listener who we have soiled and sullied and ruined. (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> because it is the guy and and the worst thing about it is like What's the, the guy's, guy's reaction he's, he's yelling it at is it looks like he might be at least 80 years old i believe he has like some sort of breathing apparatus to help him and he's looking at the guy screaming going <laughs> okay all right sounds good the guy's just screaming nebraska's gonna win the football game nebraska's, and nebraska's gonna win the football game we're going to win the football game. Yeah, yeah Nebraska's going to win a football game with a Big Mac sack. Scotch Frost. <laughs> oh, that's just terrific. I, I, All right. It kind of worked. You know, like, it's obviously not the craziest thing in the world to yell while you're watching a Nebraska game. So it's probably not going to startle homeboy too much. But nevertheless, when you're yelling like that and you drop a Big Mac sack, it's going to create some confusion. <laughs> That's great. This is great. Oh, huge call. Huge, huge. And, and Mitch Sherman, sack. obviously, at the end, at the end of every game, Mitch Sherman tweets, "It looks like Nebraska's going to win the football." <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, um, somebody sent me a. Uh, I got a little email here. Uh-oh. Before we continue to talk about Nebraska winning the football game, a lot of touchdowns. <laughs> Austin Allen should have scored a touchdown. First of all, Alex, his subject was corn, and it says on the Husker Sports Network pregame show today, Greg Sharp interviewed Ronnie Green about corn and the advancements Nebraska's making in corn genetics and productivity. (laughs) (laughs) He says you have to get your hands on that audio. Ronnie Green? Ronnie Green was talking about corn? Yeah, he says you have to get your hands on that audio. It's pure gold. (laughs) And 
I did get my hands on the audio and I did listen to it for a little bit. Look, he's giving credit to great achievements that the professors have made. Might that corn on the cob be revisited? I don't know. Might that topic be revisited? I don't know. It's uh yeah, we're not we're not gonna we're not gonna go there because I don't want to uh I don't want to do anything that might offend anybody. Uh Mitch says Hi, guys. Just wanted to let you know my four-year-old now is impersonating Matt Davison. Tonight at dinner, he was eating some BK fries. He had a long fry, and he said, huge fry, Greg. Huge. <laughs> <laughs> huge French fry. That? He says, keep on killing it. And then I got two emails about this. Uh-oh. says, hey, guys. This is from Grant. Hey, guys, can you turn Nick uh, yelling wow into a drop? It was about at the 1330 mark in the Missouri-Oregon game. After Pinson made a nice play, it reminded me of the Matt Davison. Yes, you guys both do a great job on the air. Thanks, Grant. Jared, seconds later, emailing in, Nick had an excellent call of the Oregon-Mizzou game Wednesday where the Mizzou guy spins on a fast break and Nick yells, wow, with 1338 left in the second half. Pair it up with Matt's yes, and you have something there. If you don't think it's good, go ahead and log on to HowDareYou.com. <laughs> I love it. He says, oh, he goes, you guys are awesome. You are great, Matt, but Nick's girl scream laugh is steals the show. And that's from Jared. Not the first time I've heard that, and that's completely acceptable. Oh, I know what fun. spin they're talking about. Save your pencil. So, so uh, I did find it. And I would really like to play it. Would you like to paint the picture for this play before we hear you really give a great explanation of the play that you call? Yeah, Xavier Pinson, point guard for Mizzou, is coming downhill in transition after breaking the Oregon three-quarter court press in the second half. He hits him with a spin, like splits two defenders and lays it in, and it was nice. I got crunk. All right. Here we go. This is Kevin Kugler and you, Kevin, uh, doing a great job of telling what happened, and then you doing a great job of really on the back end explaining everything that doing happened. Here we go. Get down the floor. Pinson certainly can. All the way in there. Oh, my goodness. Xavier Pinson. It did season four. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's all you gave us there was. Wow. Okay, so uh, people are wanting to pair that up with Matt Davison here. Uh, let's see if we can can have a little fun here and pair that up here with the Davison. Yes, uh, I don't know how good this will sound, but I let's like it. I like it. give it's it a fun. shot here. It's all Nebraska right now in Lincoln. 23-3, big red. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Matt, Matt and I not adding a lot to any broadcast from an analysis standpoint. <laughs> that's, that's all we're doing. Yes. Wow. Thanks for thanks for really la- at least yours was on TV. Yes. Wow. <laughs> he did say wow. Wait, hold on a second. Let's not let's not compare yeses and wows. Let's compare wows and wows. Yes. Wow. Wow. 
It's loose. The football's rolling toward the goal line. It's at the five. It's going to be landed on at the one-yard line by the Huskers. Simon Odie lands on the football. Nebraska's going to have first and goal to one after blocking a punt. Wow. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. I think our work here is done. That's pretty good. Uh, You did a great job. I appreciate that. You know, if you ever wondered what a three-man booth would sound like with two analysts of Matt Davidson and Nick Baugh, you don't got to wonder anymore. Just a lot of wows, a lot of yeses. A lot of cheering. A lot of cheering for everything that's going on. Wow. Wow! <laughs> you, guys are just, you guys are just amazed at the sport that you get to cover. Wow. Wow! <laughs> Act like you've been there before, Matt and Nick. Hand wow. the ball to the official, will you? Yeah, hey. come on. Uh, <sighs> what did you say you were laughing at? Um... On the way home, you were, like, saying something to yourself on the way home I, from I, your game? I, for some or? reason, got Crazy Chris's former Nick intern, his analysis and thoughts on the Nick show in my head. And as I was driving alone in my car, this is embarrassing to admit, I just kept on saying to myself, I like it, it's fun. I like it, it's fun. <laughs> and was laughing hysterically to myself in the car. I mean, if you got a little crazy Chris for me, I'd appreciate it. Let's see if we can give you a triple dose of crazy Chris. I like it. It's it's fun. I like it. It's it's fun. I like it. It's it's fun. <laughs> oh, one of the greatest. I mean, that's just that's good. We, we gave him a hard time that that was just how he described the show, but that that's a pretty accurate. I don't think there's ever been a more fair and accurate description of the Chicken Ick show than that. No, nope. I like it. It's it's fun. No, nope. I think that works. I think that's uh, entirely entirely appropriate. Um, we got. See, what else do I have? Uh, I want to do one more. Oh, I got one more thing here. This was from. Uh, <laughs> so, all right, I'm going to send you this on email, and I want you to read it. Okay. Forgive me for not giving it to you earlier. Okay. I'm sending it to your email right now. This is from uh, Dan, our good buddy Dan, who talks about how Greg Sharp is now narrating things just in life. And I think you could have a really good time with that. I thought of you. I was like, oh, I could do it. And I'm like, eh, I'll send it to you. So you just... (laughs) It it starts out with... um, (laughs) It's sad Greg Sharp calling life's little tragic events is all I want to hear right now. Uh, That's what Dan said. Would you care to read what he wrote as as Greg Sharp? (laughs) so this is a squirrel heading out into traffic okay yeah that's uh, That's according to greg sharp this is what dan emailed in okay Here on Interstate 80, squirrel darts out into traffic, finds an open in the center lane, now the left lane, back into the center lane, center lane, oncoming lane, reverses its fields, starts back in the left lane, he's going to be met there by the truck tire and he's down. It's not a touchdown, and the squirrel's not going to win a football game, and Nebraska's going to punt. This punt brought to you by High V, where there's a helpful, aisle, helpful smile in every aisle. Oh, that worked out really well. He does. Greg um, does a great job of like building up, and then when when it becomes abundantly clear that the play is not working out for Nebraska, he knows how to just. There's no gradual decline. You know, so no. it's just squirrel out in traffic, finds an opening lane, out of center lane, he reverses fields, he's into oncoming traffic, and he's going to get hit by a truck, and he's down. You're not gonna, you know, he just knows how to <laughs> ratchet it straight down 
fast. He does a great job of it. Uh, Connie sends a note to us saying, my daughter and I both love your podcast, and I use your drops or talk about your drops almost daily, maybe a little too much. Last week I said something to my 8-year-old granddaughter, and she replied with, will this topic be revisited? I don't know. Might that topic be revisited? I don't know. Hey, thank you. Uh, for that note, uh, we as we always say, we are going as long as we can without talking about Nebraska. Twenty-two football, minutes. It's going to be hard. The- I felt like last week, even for last week's pod, even for our standards, was ridiculous. E- even for us, it felt like absurd. I mean, we went we went about yes. thirty minutes bef- without talking about anything with the Nebraska football game. I agree. It was it was embarrassing, and we. I'm glad that we uh, finally got to it. We'll see if we get to it before the 25 minute mark here. Jeff uh, sends a note says, "Thanks you guys for your latest podcast. Continue to make new episodes every week because of COVID, terrible Nebraska football, and election year protests across the country, financial struggles. You guys always bring a smile to my face and an occasional belly laugh from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for bringing the show, Big Mac back. Big Mac uh, back. <laughs> Big Mac sack." <laughs> Um, so thank you very much, Jeff. Uh, before we get into Nebraska football and Nebraska going to win the football game, uh, you heard it at the out. <laughs> you heard it at the outset of the show that oh, yeah. we have a a sponsor. Yeah. here on the show. And and again, if you want to sponsor the show, email us laugh at chickennick dot com and we'll set you up. But we have a new sponsor. It's our first sponsor here. Yeah. And it is Eat to Evolve, and we are very, we are very happy about that. We're happy about that, and I think if you participate, you're going to be happy about that. Happy about that. I'm pumped. <laughs> I mean, here, here's you're you're exactly like me in the sense that we have everyone has a desire to eat healthy, right? But with kids and a busy schedule, it is like it's hard to find time to cook or even have the ingredients to cook. And Eat to Evolve solves all of that healthy, nutritious meals that fit your busy schedule. Boom. You got a great meal for you. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, all of it right there for you. And they're going to ship us some meals. And I I mean, I am pumped. Have you been going through the menu? This menu looks like it's I, fantastic. I have been going to uh, the menu. There's a lot of good stuff here. Uh, they ship nationally and locally. Uh, so get on board. And I was I was looking at some of this stuff. Like you can do you can do breakfast. Uh, the carnivore scramble seems to be calling my name. Uh, for, for breakfast. I like to I like to eat breakfast. I like it. It's good. I like it. It's fun. Um, I like it. It's it's fun. Uh, or you could do granola bars. They got a bunch of fun stuff, and then they got family style stuff. And that's where I am going to be headed uh, for Eat to Evolve as well because. Uh, I've got a large family, so we. I am looking forward to having these pre-made meals. We have done, uh, my wife and I have done pre-made meals before, and uh, we, we've liked them, but we're trying to look for, for something a little different, and I can't wait to try the meals that they're going to send us, uh, nutritious meals, fit in the busy schedule, and they're going to be doing uh, what's called a keto challenge starting January 4th, uh, October 4th? January 4th. October 4th. September 4th. Uh, that's coming up on 2021, and so I, I I haven't tried any sort of keto challenge or anything like that, so I'm going to be trying to do that. I don't even know really what the FCS is and what that is. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> I don't even know what the FCS is. I I have seen people get their keto game right, and they look great. Like I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty intrigued with the keto challenge, 
and oh, they got a bunch. They got a handful of different meal plans that you know are tailored to four different diets: paleo, they got an Evolve Thirty, Primal. That, like, it's a bunch of different things. There's something for everybody. Uh, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm, I'm, I look forward to looking like Cam Taylor Britt after all this. You know what I'm saying, Doug? And unlike you, he will be a professional someday. Um, they're, they're open seven days a week in Omaha. If you're outside the Omaha area, you can order online nationwide at eat2evolve.us is where you can find them. Check that out. It's fresh, never frozen, healthy foods can be delicious, and they are here to prove it to you. So check them out, eat2evolve.us, and to help those who help us. Again, go. if you want to help out this podcast, help the companies that help make this podcast what it is, eat2evolve.us. And when you're there, tell them what station made you a winner. Okay, okay. I don't think, is that not I don't think that's what they're – no, we're not on a station. Oh. First of all, that's really the the problem. What would your answer to be there? What, what would your answer cool. be there? What a five point three Big Mac sack touchdown! It's a touchdown. Cool with a five point three touchdown. <laughs> it's Greg Sharp in the mornings on one hundred five point three, and it's a touchdown. I don't think that's what. Nope. It's- It'll be a touchdown. They're unpiling everybody. No signal yet. Touchdown, Nebraska. <laughs> I don't think. And they're unpiling people, real. and he gets to trap a. Touchdown, Nebraska. Touchdown, Nebraska. <laughs> oh, I love it. Ooh, he was he got to let it let it let it hang a little bit. That was a cocky Greg Sharp right there. Touchdown. Because yeah, usually touchdown, it's a touchdown Nebraska. Touchdown, Nebraska. Wow. I love see him, you, Greg Sharp. Love him. Love Nebraska football games. And love the fact that they got a nice uh got a nice W here. Um look, I, I will say this too. I thought that and, and maybe you know, this is a little, you know. Okay. Hey, right. What are you about to say? Are you about to rain on our parade? We are throwing a Boilermaker victory parade here in Nebraska, and are Hold you going to rain on no. it? No. Look, the only thing I'm going to rain on is the fact that, like, I like Greg Sharp and Matt Davison, and I love everyone there in the booth. But you, like we talked about, pretend like you've been there before. I know these wins are few and far between. <laughs> But you got to listen to this. Listen to how the, how that game ended. And Nebraska, one more snap, and that will end it today. And the Oscars will go to two and four with a victory here today, and then a return home next week to take on the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Adrian goes to the knee, and there's like one second. It's over. The clock went off. It's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. The Huskers have won. The clock has hit zero. <laughs> Oh man! I mean, geez, come on, so Greg and Matt. It was just, they were in the victory formation. Like, <laughs> really? <laughs> Usually, there's a build. You can kind Gophers, of. Gophers, Adrian goes to the knee, and there's like one second. It's over. The clock went off. It's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. The Huskers have won. The clock has hit zero. I love the beginning of the call. And there's like one second left. <laughs> How much time's left, Craig? There's like, I don't know, one second or something like that. Oh, they're right in this. Like, it catches them off guard. Like, oh, my God. The brass is wonderful. The and there's like one second. It's over. <laughs> what game is that, Matt? You got to tell me. That was the Big 12 championship. That was 09? Texas. Really? Yes. Thanks to our buddy Josh Peterson for sending that my way. And there's like one second. It's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. The Huskers have won. The clock has hit zero. Oh, wow. <laughs> Act like you've been there before, Greg and Matt. That's have cute. you heard the – oh, you you should hear the rest of it. This is great. 
the word terrible gets used a dozen times. I love it. Here's the one. The clock has hit zero. Colt McCoy. What terrible, terrible, terrible clock management by the Texas Longhorns at the end of the game. This game is over, and the Huskers are Big 12 champions. Oh, my, guys. The wait. ball landed out of bounds, and they're going to wait to see if there was one second the left. Play is under they are going to go back and look at this thing. They are going to go back and see if there was one second left. <laughs> <laughs> terrible, so terrible, terrible. <laughs> you could loop I'll that <laughs> and have like. All right, let's uh, let's see how that sounds. Clock went off. It's over. It's over. It's over. The Huskers have won. The clock has hit zero. Colt McCoy. What terrible, 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 terrible clock management by the Texas Longhorns. Hey, how'd you do on your report card, Timmy? Terrible, 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 terrible. <laughs> I told you to uh, fold your clothes and put them away. How'd, uh, how'd that whole process go for you, Billy? Terrible, 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 terrible. I want to say, like, how is the penalty situation for both teams in West Lafayette? Terrible, 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 terrible. It was. Have you ever seen anything quite like that? No, no, I haven't. It was. Look, I I know we should start on the positives. Obviously, Nebraska winning the football game is a a positive. A couple touchdowns. But uh, so a combined 20 penalties for more than 230 yards. Nebraska had 111 yards rushing and 107 yards in penalties. Like, this was just, like, even Kelly, my wife, is watching it going, why do they keep throwing these flags? Just let them play. It's Nebraska, yeah. Purdue. Let them play. I mean, that was unbelievable. The, the one drive, there was one drive that, how many how many penalties were in the one drive that ended in the field goal for Nebraska? There, were, there had to have been, a, I don't think I've ever seen a drive have more combined penalties between two teams. It had to have been at least seven combined penalties between two teams in one drive. It was unbelievable. Which field goal? The one in the uh, which field goal? That never narrows it down. The field goal that goes up 37-24, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so let's see here. To go up 37, they would have gone up 37-27 uh, here. Penalty Nebraska holding. Penalty Purdue personal foul. Oh, there were two holding calls on Nebraska. So holding on the, on the Nebraska, kickoff. holding yeah. Nebraska. Personal foul Purdue. Pass interference Purdue. Illegal block, Nebraska. <laughs> and the field goal is good. Nebraska's going to win the football game. <laughs> yeah, that was... Oh, and on Sportsmanlike Conduct, Purdue started it. So Yes. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that was... It's uh, unbelievable. So, you know, we could say what we will about Purdue, and they're not a great team, and, and, and all that's uh, fine and fair, and Rondale Moore. Rondale Moore and David Bell are just terrific. 23 combined uh, receptions for the 200 yards. But... Didn't make the big plays. The defense, uh, you know, did what it can do throughout most of the game. You get a you get a block punt. You get a couple of early touchdowns for Nebraska, where the offense didn't have to do too much. And then you have an Adrian Martinez who didn't make any mistakes. I mean, this team didn't turn the ball over, and you know, when that happens, this team's going to have a decent shot of being in the game and and right. putting teams away. And they were able to do that here. I mean, there's a lot to a lot to draw from here. 
in terms of progress and in terms of where this team can go, it is just Purdue, so you have to keep that in mind. But you can see some things that are that are positive about, hey, this team is playing hard, and when you're out of contention of anything meaningful and you're sitting there at one and four and you're playing that hard, that means something. Yeah, totally agree. I think that's the first thing. Like One team looked like they wanted to be there and the other one kind of didn't. And I think that there's something – that's that's something. And oftentimes – a lot of how you feel about a football team, a football program, or a season can be kind of directly correlated to how you feel about the quarterback. And Adrian Martinez has has shown flashes over the last two weeks of like, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe this guy, maybe that that 2018 Martinez can can return to form because I felt like I felt like against Purdue that was the best Adrian Martinez had played since probably. He played really good against Illinois in the fourth game of the season last year. but it, So it had been a stretch since he's played that well. So I think that's encouraging. I thought Wandale Robinson was fantastic. Uh, and then, listen, I, I get that it's Purdue, but that, I mean, they held Purdue to minus two yards rushing. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think, yes, we can take everything with a grain of salt because it was Purdue and everything. But there are some some signs of things to me like Iowa you did not get blown off the ball you were pretty stout in the trenches that's good and then another Big Ten West team in Purdue you controlled the trenches once again totally stuffed their ability to run the football that's good and then Adrian Martinez is starting to kind of like look like there might be something kind of there so I think there definitely are, are a bunch of positive things you can take from from the last two weeks but in particular uh Saturday against against Purdue with the understanding that we all have to like preface everything with like, yes, it's Purdue. Yes. Nebraska still is, you know, doesn't have a good record and they beat a team that, you know, had a bunch of guys like opt out before the game. So I, I, but at the same time, like we can't have it both ways. We can't lose to Illinois and be like, Oh, come on. And then beat Purdue and be like, well, it's Purdue. You you know what I mean? Like you kind of, we got to kind of take each game for what it is. And Understand that any team in the Big Ten that Nebraska plays right now, and if they and, and if they line up and beat them, that's good. That's a good thing. Yes, uh, Nebraska is not at a point where you can go, oh well, we didn't put them away. Uh, Nebraska didn't put them away, or oh, we should have beaten them by this or that. This is just about win games. Yep. Turn the page. Move on. Right. That's uh, that, that's really what all this is. And uh, you mentioned Adrian Martinez. There were a couple of times where he would carry the ball, dart through the hole, and I thought, and I was watching it from 30 feet away. I was in the kitchen, and my TV's at the other end of the hall, and I, I said to myself, wait, was that McCaffrey? Because mm-hmm. he, he showed a quickness and a suddenness to the way he ran the ball in a couple of plays that was pretty impressive. Yes. And, you know, who, who would have thought that maybe coming out of, you know, his darkest moment could come one of his best games? which is, hey, he gets benched, gets benched for the hot new thing, uh, the new flashy car, and then the new flashy car has a fender bender, so you take old Reliable <laughs> out, of the, out, of the, out of the garage, and he, he drives you to a win. And, you know, he's not flashy. He's not a spectacular quarterback. But, man, he might be what you just need right now to just keep this thing going. And sometimes, you know this as an athlete better than I do, is sometimes standing on the sidelines and watching the game and knowing that, hey, this whole quarterback competition thing is legitimate and you better get your stuff together to to get it back and to maintain it. Those two things combined 
can work in positive ways for some people, and maybe one of those people is Adrian Martinez. Yes, and I totally agree with all that. And I just think there's so so much of any good feelings you have right now can be traced back to Martinez because we referenced at the top like of, of getting into the game of, of Purdue looked like a team that wasn't too terribly interested in being there. But Nebraska, the one thing you could say about Nebraska, in my opinion, even the Illinois loss, like I don't think effort has ever been like a thing with the only game I can I feel like in the Frost era where I was like, man, these guys just look like they they didn't show up at all from an effort standpoint was Minnesota last year. But I think with Martinez, like it, when he gets benched, if he would have gotten really selfish and pouted and gone into a shell. When your captain starts doing that, I just think your quarterback yeah. captain is such a lightning rod for tone setting throughout the locker room. When he, when a, when a two-year starter, three-year starter can get benched and he stays positive, that makes a difference for your team to continue to fight and stay engaged and allow themselves to beat a team like Purdue. So that's the intangible aspect of it. And then there's the tangible aspect of like, he's shown some flashes of like, man, this guy looks like Maybe if you know Xavier Betts gets gets better and and the the wide receivers develop, like maybe this guy can be the answer moving forward at quarterback. Because I don't know what you thought. Like when I saw the McKenzie Milton news in the middle of the week, mm-hmm. I my first thought was like, you got to go get him. If you're Nebraska, you got to go get McKenzie Milton. You have to try to get him to come to Nebraska. And after that game, I'm like, I don't know. Maybe Martinez is maybe the guy that that you want to keep in position to be to be the dude. I think there's still – we'll see what happens against Minnesota and we'll see what happens then for the championship weekend on the 19th and then maybe a bowl game or whatever. I still I still would entertain the idea of Mackenzie Milton, but I just think Martinez has done a lot over the last two weeks to change the feeling and the vibe around everything. Yeah, it's funny. I didn't even consider Mackenzie Milton until I saw someone bring that up on Twitter saying, hey, he might be a good fit at Nebraska – because that was not even registering with me for multiple reasons. One was you really don't know what you're getting based on what you, you know, the terrible injury that he had. Yes. And the second part of that, which you could argue is even more important, is he's got one season left and you've got two capable quarterbacks. Do you want, you know, a crowded room if Adrian Martinez, unless Adrian Martinez makes it clear he's leaving, which I could understand then if you want to do the Milton thing. But. It's, it, it seems like, again, you're playing the long game here. If Martinez, whether he stays or whether he goes, you've got Luke McCaffrey behind him. You've got to develop him, and at some point you just got to throw him in there and see what you got even more so than you did this year. I had Greg Sharp on the SiriusXM show. I know we have fun with, with Greg and some of the comments <laughs> that he makes because he's a great play-by-play voice, but I had him on the SiriusXM show, and I asked him about, uh, in the Big Ten Today show, do you think Adrian Martinez is going to be a part of the program moving forward? And he said, I don't see why not. Okay. He's like, I don't, you know, Adrian Martinez, for one final year, is he going to pick up and is he going to leave? And I think at some point there needs to be a conversation at the end of this year, and I would imagine there will be, of what's my future here? What's my future here? Because when he was a freshman, you thought he's going to be your guy for, you hope he stays for three years because he could go to the NFL. And now it's, well, if he's only here for three years, it's because he's transferring, right? Sometimes you have to let stories play out before you write the whole thing. But that, that to me, going into this offseason is going to be the most compelling story surrounding Nebraska football is 
What's the quarterback room look like? And is Adrian Martinez a part of it? And I and I hope he is. It's one of those things. You hope he is, but you understand if he's not. Right. The quarterback situation, listen, we're going to have, once the season ends, you and I every week could have an in-depth conversation about managing that situation and how you, how you approach it. But I get that you're playing the long game right now if you're Nebraska, but a part of that long game is the question of, do you truly believe that Luke McCaffrey and Adrian Martinez are the answer for your program at quarterback? And the question that you're asking for that answer is, can they win you a Big Ten West Division title and get you to a Big Ten championship game? Like, are those two guys good enough for the answer to that question to be yes? And I would say the jury is still out on that that question. And the problem is that the jury is still – there's still a huge question surrounding, surrounding McKenzie Milton and what you're going to get. I mean – I thought I heard John Bishop bring up that it had been it's been 33 months since McKenzie Milton's played a football game since, since McKenzie Milton's played a football game. It's been a long time. <laughs> and so you don't know exactly how he's going to recover, but there's no question that the last time Scott Frost's offense was humming, McKenzie Milton was the quarterback. And you know what you don't and this isn't a fair comp, but do you want to because McKenzie Milton's not going to be Joe Burrow, but the last time Nebraska passed on a pretty damn good option at a transfer at that quarterback spot because they felt like they didn't want to upset that quarterback room and they felt like they they thought Martinez was the guy, they missed out on a pretty talented dude. Well, here we are again. Do you want to pass up on a guy again? And I don't I don't know. I I think I think a lot has uh, I think a big part of that decision is going to be what we saw Martinez pass that test on Saturday against Purdue. What does he look like moving forward? Because if he finishes the season strong, then I think you probably say thanks, but no thanks to McKenzie Milton. But if he if if there continues to be struggles and all that stuff, then then I'd I I personally would take a good hard look at at maybe bringing Milton in. I would. Yeah, I I think uh, you know the, one of the big differences would be the fact that Burrow you had two left and Milton it's one and you know do you put your eggs in the Milton basket for the one year because you think he can win you a championship and I think that's the only reason you would do that if you felt like he was the missing piece. I think Martina the, the one thing that makes this whole thing unique is the relationship that Scott Frost has with his players. Yeah. And the relationship that Scott Frost has with his quarterbacks and specifically Adrian Martinez. One of the coolest things to me was the embrace with Scott Frost and Adrian Martinez on the telecast after the game ended. Frost, he's, he's done with the Big Ten interview, and then he's going to hand off with Martinez, and he embraces Martinez for a good 10 seconds and mm-hmm. says something to him. And Martinez goes in front of the camera and does his thing, and you could hear in what Martinez was saying and what he was saying about just how much that relationship means to him and how much Scott Frost means to him. And and I don't know what that means going forward with that, with his relationship with the program, but Martinez doesn't strike me. And this is just listening to him for a few years, getting to meet him for a half second and getting to watch him and see him compete. He doesn't seem to be the kind of guy who will just leave. Right. And, And maybe that's just reading too much into his maturity, but he, his relationship with the coach, his relationship with the program, his understanding of where he stands, and knowing his capabilities. And that's why I think these last two games are really important 
for him and what it means for next year. Yeah, where he totally can say, agree. "I've got this job back; it's mine," and that could springboard him into a phenomenal off season. You just don't know that isn't a, isn't truncated by a pandemic, and and maybe it's you, you go into next year with with Martinez feeling good about himself and a good fallback plan with McCaffrey because Scott Frost is on record as saying McCaffrey is our future. Whenever Martinez's time here is done, right. And, you know, he said that a couple of weeks ago. What does that mean, and how loyal does he have to be to that statement? I don't know, but it's interesting to track. Yeah, and and I think I think one of the things that people are afraid – I mean, I'm just kind of talking out loud here, and, I mean, shoot, I might waffle. Yeah. I might go back and forth. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I you know, you, we're all kind of absorbing things. It's kind of like, hey, with new information, I might arrive at a new opinion on something. But I do think, like, you know, what's – the, there's that saying with coaches, like, if you worry too much about the fans, you're going to end up sitting with them. And I think sometimes this is just like, I think sometimes if you worry too much about players feelings, you might not ever Mm -hmm. maximize what your program can be. Now I'm not saying you got to be an a-hole and not give a rip about how anybody is, you know, like not have a heart. I'm not saying that, but all the good coaches I've been around chick there's, there've been an element. Sometimes I'm not gonna lie. Like, Sometimes I think I couldn't be a great head coach because I don't have the heart to break other players' hearts. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes you got to do things that you're probably going to not feel good about. And that's just a part of the, the nature of the position. And so I guess what I'm saying is, like, if your reason to not – like, and I'm just talking – I don't know what I really think of this Milton thing. But right, if your right, reason right. to not entertain Milton is like you're worrying about Martinez's feelings or something like that, like, you're in the wrong business. You just are. Because I understand what you're saying where it's like, well, Milton's one year, and if, unless you're, you're not trying to win a championship and all that stuff, I get that. But, like, at some point, Nebraska has to start winning <clears throat> games. They have to start winning games. And whatever quarterback gives you the best chance, whether that amount of games that you win leads to a championship or not, whatever quarterback gives you the best chance to win games, you need to explore that option. And again, this comes from a guy that I was really impressed with Martinez. And I think he is starting to kind of like his stock is now rising again to being the guy to me moving forward. But I also can't let one win over Purdue and one decent performance over Iowa just eradicate what we've seen for 10-plus games prior to that from Adrian Martinez as well. So it's a, it's a nuanced, complicated thing, and I think there is, and that's why I hope Minnesota can play with their COVID situation. Mm-hmm. There's a lot still to play for. Like if Nebraska were to beat Minnesota, that'd be two wins in a row, and then whoever they draw in, on the 19th, Maybe they win that game. Now, all of a sudden, you're talking about winning a couple of games in a row. Maybe you go to a bowl game. You get an opportunity to get some momentum. Martinez plays well. Everything feels different, right? Like, there's a scenario where that happens, but there's also a scenario where, you know, Martinez reverts back to maybe struggling a little bit. Nebraska loses. And and now, all of a sudden, you're in the offseason. You're like, well, where are we with things? So, I... I think it's easy to dismiss this season, but I think there's more writing on these last couple of games on a variety of levels than maybe people think. I agree. I, I agree with all that. I think his his willingness to bench Martinez tells you that he's not afraid to hurt feelings in order to do that. 
I also think whenever you evaluate what you want to do and bring in a new a, a new guy, a new to Nebraska, even for a year, would be you have to evaluate what are you risking, what's the risk versus the reward. Yeah, you want to win more games, and that should always be the priority. But are you are you stunting the growth of the future of your program if you truly believe Luke McCaffrey is that? Are you stunting that for the sake of bringing in a guy who you who you might think maybe has some more left in the tank and can win you a championship? I, I don't know the answer to that, and those are the things that Scott Frost is going to have to going to have to figure out. You just know that his relationship might make it complicated because he knows what it's like to be doubted, right? And, and so he can live through his his guys and go, "Hey, I believe in you." I believe in you. Okay, you said you believe in me. Now you're bringing in this guy. Like I, I, I'm with you. I think if Mer- Martinez says I'm out of here, I think you aggressively pursue the Milton thing, and I think you have that conversation as quickly as you possibly can with Martinez. But I think if he's staying, I think you've got enough there because, as we've said before, the problems with this team, yeah, go far beyond, are not quarterback centered, and, and right. you know there's just so many other other things. And I think one of the stats that speaks to that or in terms of where this program can be, is the fact that Nebraska head coach Scott Frost improved to 22-0 as a head coach when his teams score 35 or more points, including 8-0 at Nebraska. We have said this so often here. Just get this offense to score 35 or more points. This is what Scott Frost wants to do. He just needs to fix that. The defense will come along. You feel like that'll, that'll... happen we saw seen some good signs but man if you can get an offense that scores 35 a game you know you're gonna win a lot you're gonna win more often than not and and he's shown that you just hope that you know one of these quarterbacks is the guy that can do it yeah absolutely I mean there's just a lot I think there's a lot to analyze with that quarterback situation moving forward and then within all that I think there's a lot of that quarterback situation that can kind of get shaped by how this season ends too so I, I mean, I, I I still am am wildly interested in in these last handful of games. You know, I I, I really am, and it's, it's just gonna be it's gonna be fascinating to watch it all play out. But it's been pretty cool to watch kind of this Adrian Martinez resurgence. You know, like because it kind of I don't know about you, like when he left the field at Northwestern, there was a part of me that thought like is is that it? Like that might be it for him. You know, like. Maybe Luke's going to take over and it's and never going to look back and this might be it for him. And here we are just a, a couple of weeks later and, you know, this dude is, is, is playing well. And Nebraska almost beat Iowa and they beat Purdue. And so we'll see if he can continue to build on it because the one thing that is, that is true is like, man, it's hard. Adrian Martinez is a really easy guy to root for. He really is. He is, and, and that's from a fan. Imagine what it's like to coach him yeah. where you just want him so badly to succeed. And, yeah, might that cloud your judgment? Man, you hope not. Well, But, um, yeah, you just want him to win. The other thing with this, too, on like the last couple of games for, I think, and not to always make it about recruiting, but I think we all talk about like Nebraska needs help. They need more talent, right, whether it's better wide receivers, whatever. They, they, they need talent. And Martinez playing well these last couple of games is going to make recruiting easier because I was thinking to myself during the, you know, during the Illinois game that like who, what, what good wide receiver right now would think to themselves, you know where I want to go? I want to go there. I want to go to Nebraska. We thought it was going to happen after his freshman year. Right. right? Like, like 
You, I mean, I guarantee you the, the number one reason Wandale Robinson wanted to come to Nebraska was like, dang, look at this Martinez guy and Frost. And is that like a big part of it is like good players, in particular good quarterbacks, attract other good players. And when I was watching Nebraska really kind of struggle for a little bit, it was like, man, you know, whether it was at Northwestern or the, you know, Illinois at home, you're kind of thinking to yourself, like, what really talented skill position guy is going, God, just get me there, you know? God, right. I want to get there. But you watch Martinez against Purdue, and, and we'll see what he does finishing the year. Like, that helps also with recruiting. So it's, and I know we're getting a little far off the reservation here, but it just, there's just a, there's a lot at stake on a variety of levels in a variety of areas in these last couple of games. Quickly, putting a bow on it we don't know what champions week is going to look like my guess is from what you read that there's going to be a couple of games friday night maybe nebraska might play in a friday night game uh in the big 10 a couple of those games and then a few more coming up on saturday including the big 10 championship game there's going to be stories coming out this week um it's it's probably a coin flip at best that the michigan ohio state game is played if it is not played and Ohio State cannot be found an opponent, which I don't think the the Big Ten is going to shuffle things around unless there is another game that is postponed, another game that is canceled, I don't see them saying, okay, how about you play Maryland, Ohio State, and Rutgers, you can sit. Right. And you cannot play, right? You, you got championship week, you can play there. I don't see them doing that. I don't see a team agreeing to that. But it would be interesting to be in the room with the athletic directors to – be a part of that conversation about whether or not to allow Ohio State in. Would you like to be Jim Phillips uh, with Northwestern and sign off on that and say, okay, we're going to play Ohio State? Great. That'll lessen our chance of winning a Big Ten championship. Would you like to be the the athletic director at Indiana? Say, okay, uh, all this fun and all the great story and Tom Allen, all right, we're going to punt on that so that Ohio State can get in and get us to the playoff and win our league $6 million, which is what every semifinalist gets for their league. So it's a, it's a multi-million dollar decision that they'd be making. What do you think the Big Ten does? What do you think they should do? Oh, my God. I... <sighs> should they lower the, re- the requirement I, to five I and think, let them in? I think they should, but I think – if there's one thing the Big Ten has shown so far throughout this whole process is that they appear to be more interested in being right than getting it right, if that makes sense. Ooh, yeah. And so because of that, I feel like they have somewhat painted themselves into this mess. And I think they're probably going to ju- – if, if, if it shakes out and Ohio State – you know, can't find an opponent or whatever, and it doesn't have enough, then I think they're just going to live with that. Because again, I think they, they would rather, they they would rather stick to their guns than try to help out and do what, what may be the right thing to do. But I, what, what do you think? I mean, you maybe feel like you have a better sense of it than, than I do. I get a feel that they are going to say, we're going to allow Ohio state in because they're in the top four. And, and because winning a big 10 title is very important. They've already beaten Indiana. Right. I don't think they would do it for any other program, especially if they weren't in the top four or in the top six. But I think the league, no one two or three years from now is going to care that they bent rules that they created themselves two months ago. In, in a this pandemic, isn't like a, you know? Yeah, during a pandemic. This isn't something that was created 10 years ago and they're going making one-time exception. This is a one-time year right. thing right. where you played eight games and came up with some math where you had to play – six but if it, the average dropped below five and a half then you could play five I'm like why isn't it if it's eight and six why can't it be seven and five right. six and four right. why did you make the average five 
that it had to be five in order for five to be okay. There were so many things that just were puzzling. But I think the other thing that you have to ask yourself is, what is truly the difference? Say Ohio State doesn't play this week. What's the difference between a 6-0 and Ohio State that's Big Ten champion that has a win over Northwestern or a 6-0 Ohio State that isn't technically Big Ten champion and has a win over Iowa? Those are about the same teams. Right. Those are about your resume looks about the same, except for we're, quote, Big Ten champs. That's the only difference. But anyone watching it would go, oh, well, they may not be the Big Ten champs, but they're the champs. Right. I, I don't know how the committee would look at that, and I don't think you want to take that chance, which is why I think they'll try and get them in that game. Isn't it interesting, and I know you got to run, so we'll wrap it up here, but isn't it interesting how Nebraska ends up looking with a lot of these things? Like, you know, how they fought for football and their reasoning and rationale while it was kind of met with a with a, a crooked eye and, and eye rolls from the Big Ten initially all the way back in August. Well, what ended up happening? They, they played, right? And then all the way back in week two of the, the restarted season when Nebraska was trying to schedule Tennessee Chattanooga and – they were quoted as saying, you know, down the line, if someone needs to add an opponent for, you know, like Ohio State, you know, for the playoff and all those things, like metrics, that got met with an eye roll. Well, who's rolling their eyes now? You know, I mean, I think a lot of people misinterpreted that quote from Nebraska in that they thought they were trying. I think they're, that, that quote all the way back about, hey, you, you, you want to be flexible adding an opponent so you can add a data point to maybe the college football playoff. I think they were talking about Ohio State. I swear to God, they, they weren't thinking they were going to make the playoff. I mean, they just lost, you know? Like, I truly they think... Yeah, they'd, they'd already lost. They, they, I truly think they were predicting this in some ways. Like, if y'all think that there's... That, that Ohio State's season isn't going to get disjointed with some cancellations and there might be a bad situation where you where Ohio State might not be able to... like. You're crazy. And so, I mean, who looks crazy now? I just think it's interesting, like, well, yeah. you get criticized in the moment. In the long run, I think Nebraska ends up looking decent in a lot of those quote-unquote arguments that they tried to make. Yeah, I think they were using the Ohio State possibility as a reason to justify coming up with an idea that didn't have Big Ten approval, but they turned out to be correct. They've been yep. correct on a lot of things. Maybe the way they went about it wasn't 100% great, and maybe they just don't have a great reputation because they ruffle feathers and they don't win enough games. But there's no doubt that they have proven to be correct on numerous topics, and one of them, had they been allowed to do it, would have helped out this league and not be in a bind where you know, you could say, Ohio State, okay, go find an opponent this week. Right. Go find an opponent. Right. If that, if that happens. If that happens. Um, all right. Well, uh, it'll be interesting to see. Interesting to cover. Uh, Nebraska won the football game, they won a which football uh, game. We're, we're very happy about. Uh, go to eat2evolve.us. Help out those that help us. And uh, unfortunately, this podcast is over. I'm not happy about that. Sick and Nick. Yes. Sick and Nick. Yes. Sick and Nick show. Yes. Here we go. Wow. Wow. A Huda Media Production.